Hello, uh, I'm Richard Schwartz, Head of Research at Global Custodian, and I'm here today with Juliet Cannell of SWIFT and Christine Strandberg of SEB to discuss ISO in the security space. Now, for some of you, that title isn't going to tell you very much, but it will become clear in the next few minutes. Um, and perhaps we'll start with a brief introduction. So, Juliet, can you tell us why you're here? Hello, yes. Um, well, actually, I head up the standards department at SWIFT, so I have a really clear interest in all things standards, of course, and in this topic in, this, and in, this topic in particular. Um, I'm really looking forward to the conversation this morning with you, Christine, and also with you, Richard. Thanks. And Christine? Yes, hello. Uh, my name is Christine Stramberg. I work as a regulatory manager in SAB, uh, but I deal with market infrastructure issues and in particular around communication and standardization of uh, business processes and communication. Great. So we've got a user representative and a standard setting representative. Obviously, we're going to be discussing standards in some form. Just before we get going, I'm going to briefly unpack a couple of acronyms that you're going to hear throughout this um, podcast. The first is ISO, which is the International Organization for Standardization. Many of you who are old enough to have used film cameras before digital photography came along would be familiar with ISO as a measure of film speed. Other examples that you might have seen are Sometimes companies advertise themselves as ISO 9001 certified, which is a standard of quality management. In this case, we're talking specifically about ISO 20022. I don't know why it's called 20022, but Juliet, can you tell us in a nutshell what that is? Of course. So when most people in our industry think about ISO 2082, they naturally think about messages. And of course, that's right, um, because the standard does enable the industry to create ISO 2082 XML message standards. But um, Richard, what's really important to understand is ISO 2082 is a lot more than just the messaging standard. Um, it's actually a methodology, a way to create standards, if you like. Um, and because it's an open standard, an ISO standard, it can be used by everyone in the financial industry. Securities, of course, but also payments, trade, FX, and card transactions as well. As I understand it, ISO 2022 was first introduced about um, 18 years ago. What's SWIFT's role in, in the whole process? Well, we've been involved really from the start. Um, we helped we help to create this standard. And today we're the registration authority for the standard, of course, but we're also one of the many submitting organizations. And that means that we actually create, or when we need to, maintain the ISO 2022 standards on behalf of the people that use them. Um, and, you know, SWIFT's been a strong advocate of ISO 2022 because we believe in open standards. And we also believe in the need for interoperability between standards. And of course, ISO 2022 is a way to do that. I'd say take up's been fairly steady. Um, many market infrastructures across the world have already adopted ISO 2022 and others have announced plans to do so. And then, although we haven't set a migration date for securities markets, securities players have actually been using ISO 2022 for a while now. And it's important to know that because 
Although no migration has been set in securities markets, our customers can already send and receive 2022 messages using a service over Swift called FinPlus, and many of them do. So there are messages there to cover CCP clearing, settlement, corporate actions, collateral management, and of course, there are messages there to support um, reporting requirements under SRD2. And you mentioned the word migration, uh, so I'm going to pull myself up. I, when I spoke about take-up, that suggests that you're starting from nowhere, but in fact you aren't. So, Christine, perhaps you could just give us a brief example as a user of what's involved from moving from one set of standards to another in the securities industry. Is there a, a, a standard way of doing it, if you like, or are there any challenges involved just in the process of moving from whatever standard you were using before to ISO 2022? It's an interesting question, Richard. Um, and I would have to say that I don't think there is because it, it unfortunately, like so many other things in, in the world, it depends. It depends on where, what you're migrating from. Uh, to, to some extent. When it comes to securities and when it comes to corporate actions as reconciliation messages, I mean, we are using ISO 1502 and we've been doing that for 20 years now. And migrating from ISO 1502 to ISO 2002 should be, to a great extent, fairly easy because the messages in ISO 1502 and 2002, they are maintained continuously and together. So we have prepared for a long time for a coexistence. Um, I am old enough in this business uh, to have been present for the migration from ISO 7775 over to ISO 1502. And that was a little bit more complicated, especially in the corporate actions area, uh, a bit less so when it, come, it came to, to settlement reconciliation. But I mean, it was definitely something that we could do, and I don't see the migration from 1502 to 2002 to be a major problem for custodians and CSD participants. But there are other areas, as Juliet mentioned, the Shareholders' Rights Directive too, when uh, the industry had to uh, sit down together and create or revise ISO 2002 messages to suit the regulation, the implementing regulation put forward by the European Commission. And then it was basically looking at messages and say, hang on, we have to completely redesign them or recreate them. And then there was nothing to migrate. You can't really translate in between. Some people have tried, but it really isn't possible. Thanks. So, Juliet, you mentioned payments and securities, and Christine's mentioned ISO 15022. Can you tell us why? Well, first of all, is it correct? And if it is correct, why has take up been stronger amongst uh, payments people than securities people? I don't think take up has been stronger. Um from payments people and securities people. Um, the big difference is that the payments um, community has decided to set a date from, from migration from the proprietary standard, the MT standard, which is used over SWIFT, to, a, to a, a global, international, and open standard, which is ISO 2022. And there are many reasons why they've decided to do that. There's, there was a strong business case for them to do that. Um, so, you know, we actually we did a survey in 2018. This all stemmed from 2018 when we did a survey to assess whether or not we should move everything to 2022 and the, the payments community was clearly in favor and so a date's been set but on the security side um the response was 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 not clear-cut at all and so we didn't set a date for migration and that doesn't mean it's because 
I mean, my view is that it's not because the security um, players out there don't think ISO 2802 is a good standard. I still think, and they still think, that this is the way to go forward. It's just that the standards that they're using today, um, there are lots of them in, in the securities markets. They already exist and they do the job pretty well. I'm thinking of 15022, of course, which is you know really used in post-trade, but also other syntaxes like FIX and FPML. And these standards have enabled us to achieve really high rates of STP, uh, and they're embedded into our front and back offices, which I think is is, is why there's less of an appetite for, a, for, a, for setting a migration date to ISO 2082. But it doesn't mean people aren't going to want to adopt it. But there's a difference between adopting when you want to adopt and setting a, a big bang migration date. And have there been any developments since you did that survey in 2018? Um, well, Christine, maybe we, 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 she, she should talk about the ISSA survey. So um, after the survey we did in, in, in 2018, um, we got together at ISSA uh, and we asked ourselves some questions around adoption of ISA 2022. And I know Christine was very much involved in that. So Christine, maybe you want to explain what the key results of that were. Well, to, to be perfectly honest, Juliet, I think you've already summarized it. It's, I mean, when you come down to in the securities area, in the post-trade securities area, we have good standards. I mean, I'm not saying that 20, as you said, 2002 is probably a bit better. Absolutely. You can use it across many more different messaging areas and business areas. But the business case is more difficult to find as an industry than it comes from payments, simply because we have done many more change, messaging changes and syntax changes over the years than payments. I mean, we are not using messages that are 40 years old or even older. Uh, so so that explains it. But I mean, what we see is basically is that the where you we use ISO 2002 in post-trade securities is because of a, either it's because of a regulatory driven development like SRD2 in Europe, or it's driven by the, uh, the financial market infrastructures like T2S, uh, using only ISO 2002 messages, uh, or DTCC in the US implementing corporate action messages in ISO 2002. But so far, it has stopped with the FMI and the FMI members. So would it be fair to say that absent any pressure from the regulators or from the market infrastructures, the general uh, mood or attitude of individual participants is if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And that's why you need a push from regulators or or another third party. Yes, I, that's my view as well as an industry. I, Juliet may have slightly different views. But I mean, every time we've participated, I've sat in, in market practice discussions or anything else, we all know that if we're really going to get commitment by and people are going to implement something, you need to have a business case. If it says, if it's mandatory, either by law or technically ma mandatory, like a, a SWIFT or any other a CSD would remove the, pos the other possibility, then you get the funding for that because it's either you do this or you leave the this part of the business. But to say, well, we think it will eventually come, it's really difficult to get funding for that with all the other prioritizations uh, that firms need to, to have. Juliet, what do you think about that? So I was going to say, we, we after actually after the ISSA survey results came out, we, um, we reached out to our key customers um, last summer 
um, to get their reactions. And um, not surprisingly, the, 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 the appetite for setting a mandatory migration date um, was not high up on their agenda. In securities markets, we're pretty used to dealing with different message syntaxes, right? And so it's not a high priority to sort of move just to one, particularly when it's working. Um, and instead, what, what they told us is that we should focus on doing two things. One, one is that we should um, look at the user friendliness of the ISO 2082 data model and dictionary. So to make it easier to use, it's quite, it's quite old fashioned. It's been was built a number of years ago. So that's something that we're looking at at the moment at Swift. And the second thing and really important thing is that to focus our efforts on perhaps looking around on, on APIs because we are seeing um, a bit of a free-for-all at the moment. It's not very efficient. And if you're in the middle of the securities chain and having to deal with APIs um, from suppliers and from customers and getting different versions all the time, actually maybe what we want to be doing is standardizing those as much as we can. And so we were, we were, with the feedback we got was to focus on, on those things rather than set a date for a migration to a 2082 syntax. Right, Christian, is there anything you'd like to add as a user to the list that, that uh, Juliet has just outlined? Is there anything you'd like Swift to do to encourage uh, migration? I would have to say no, not for Swift the company, unless Swift the community. Uh, so the, uh, the, will they agree to something? I, I think I come from a region in the Nordic market, so Sweden, Denmark, Finland. So we've been fairly clear that we would actually most likely prefer a, you know, that we don't set an end date for yet, but when we do set an end date, it should be a fairly uh, short migration. I don't necessarily think that we'll go for a big bang, though we can always argue what a big bang is. But I don't think we should be setting ourselves in a position where we say, okay, we start in 2025 and we then we'll end that migration in 2030. I think it should be a fairly short one. But then again, that is, after all, up to the community. So a logical extension of what you've both said is that if there's no mandatory migration or migratory endpoint, there's going to have to be coexistence between these, at least these two standards, 15022 and 20022 for some time. Does that present any issues either for SWIFT or for its community? And uh, Christine, maybe you could start with that. It does present issues, and that's, I think, what the, the main problem is, that if you have to maintain both, you have to continue to use ISO 15022, then why would you implement ISO 2002 in your client or your your custodian, whether you're, you know, if you're sending a receiver interface, if you don't have to? So I think the industry will just basically not do that until there's a push. And Juliet, do you agree with that? Now, interestingly, when, when, we, when we did our own survey of customers last year, they told us that coexistence really wasn't that much of an issue because they were used to dealing with the different syntaxes. So I think we should continue to do what we're doing now. Um, when we talk about 1502 and 2082, make sure the standards um, are available. Let the industry decide what they want to use where and when. And, and make sure that we allow things to be co-maintained, which means we know when we make a change to one standard, we also make it to the other, so that basically they carry the same data. And this will make them interoperable. And I think we should carry on doing that until 2022 has been sufficiently adopted across the industry. And we can agree together, right, as a community, it's not up to Swift to set a date, it's up to our community to tell us they're ready for us to set a date. 
um, and the time is right to begin retiring 1915-02. So finally, where do we go from here? Is it steady as she goes and carry on what you're doing now? Or is there any intervention or initiative to come that you think would help speed up the process of migration or you're not, not particularly concerned about the speed of migration? So I'm not, I'm not very concerned about the speed of migration, to be honest. I'm much more interested in trying to make things interoperable because if we want to achieve faster uh, rates of settlement and if we want to make use of all that data that we are using in our back offices to provide innovative and new services to customers, then actually we should be focusing on interoperability rather than the migration. So my view would be that we should, if we're going to talk about migration, let's focus on the payments migration to ISO 2082 and get that one done first. And then on the security side, I'd work on co-creating APIs, um, because I think that's going to be a bigger risk of fragmentation. Um, and so to make sure that we're aligned with ISO 2082. And actually on that note, I've um, got something positive to, to add to this, is that we're actually making good progress there. Um, it's now possible to submit and register ISO 2082 API components in ISO 2082. That was approved a few weeks ago by, um, by, the, um, by ISO. And so we're expecting to start receiving, you know, I said we were the registration authority. We're expecting to start receiving submissions uh, in the next few weeks. Um, and we'll see how that goes. It's quite exciting. And I've got an idiot's question to follow up. Uh, you said co-creating APIs. Co-creating with who? Co-creating APIs is actually, um, what it means is we get the industry together. So we get users that want to use those APIs around the table. And we try and create something that works for everybody. Uh, in the same way as we do for messages, try and, try and bring the, the, the customers together to agree on what they need and then and, and build it together, rather than everyone doing it on their own and then having different versions out there. Thanks. And Christine, I'll give you the last word. Well, I would have to say that I disagree slightly with Juliette. Um, I mean, from a SWIFT perspective, yes, they, you know, they have to support both. But from a user perspective, at some point, we will have to do a migration simply because it does cost money. As like I said, I participated in the, in the migration from Chipper 75 over to 1502. And what we basically had to put in all our in our custody system was basically which client was going to, for per custody account, was going to send us settlement instructions in the old version or the new version. How were we going to respond? So it was basically saying that you couldn't just assume that if they sent something in one version that you should respond to that in the old version because people were migrating and moving their messaging flows over uh, between the two standards differently. So that was not something that I would want to do in a five-year period or longer. So, But I do agree with Juliet. The main focus now is getting the payments migration working. And also I do support the API work as well. But at some point, perhaps come 2025, I think we need to have to start having the discussion. We need to set an end date uh, for 1502 on the SWIFT network. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be a difficult discussion, but we do have to do it eventually. And that's a very good point on which to close the discussion, leaving a couple of questions hanging, which is always useful for future editions. Christina, Juliet, thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Thanks very much, Richard.